0: Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. To
1: begin. Are you watching closely?
0: How to start. Gladys, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today?
1: In life itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life.
0: I was born a poor black child.
1: The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. At first, the frames flicker without connection.
0: We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person and the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people and for me the movies are like a machine that generates empathy it lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes aspirations dreams and fears it helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us here's
1: the deal just give me the facts just the facts only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Movie Talk. What used to be a Tristram Shandy story. In which, apparently, obviously, we don't talk about Tristram Shandy minute by minute. But isn't that the point?
2: Good lord, what is this story all about?
1: Cock and a Bull Story. Here's your host, me, Professor Robert E. G. Black.
0: Let's talk about the bracket of this show. If you listen to the show, you know, it's not the Movies by minute show that it pretended to be when it began. Although it didn't even pretend to be when it began, did it? It barely pretended to be. But for a couple of episodes, really just one, just go listen to Minute 48, or Episode 48. It's actually like a metaphor for life. That was the title. The only episode so far where I've actually covered a minute of this film. This film being Tristram Shandy, Cock and Bull Story. The question then became... How long does this show last? Tristram Shandy, the movie, is an hour 34 minutes long. So, initially I thought, I'll go 94 episodes, call it a day. 94 is 30-something more weeks. This is episode 62. My second thought was, end it at 64, because it's been a bracket most of its time. And so, 64 brackets, reasonable. We end it, we pronounce a winner, or whatever. I've been talking about group 16, or half of group 16, for the last few weeks. And I've still got group 1, stories we tell. The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, her. It's hard to even find copies of The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, her, and The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, him. Only them is streaming. So it's hard to compare them, again, and watch them anew. I was going to get my wife, Sarah, she was on here before, to watch those two and talk about them. Group 2, The Fountain, and The Grey. Do I know which one wins in this bracket if I don't talk about it? Do they both? Maybe they both go on. See, these leftover parts here, because they're movies that are going to remain no matter what, or just because no one else wanted to talk about them. I don't know. Group 5, Everything is Illuminated, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I did have a possibility to talk about that one. Maybe I'll get to it. Group 7, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, zero effect. I had someone lined up, so maybe I'll get to that. I don't know. Group 12, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, Into the Wild. Right now I could pronounce a winner of those two, but it's because I haven't watched The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford recently, and I did watch Into the Wild seven extra times for my vlog, so it's more familiar. Group 18, Hearts Beat Loud, Never Look Away movies that shouldn't even be compared to each other. But they ended up in a bracket together because they were the leftovers. Hearts Beat Loud could have gone up against Hedwig because they're musicals. Or could have gone up against Across the Universe because they're musicals. Or Across the Universe could have gone up against Hedwig. It didn't. Things didn't always... They didn't all make sense. It's like a metaphor for life. (laughs) And what's strange is I still have stuff to say about Stand By Me for a reason. You'll see... I think going to 64, I'll finish this pairing. It's going to be weird. I'm going to finish this pairing today, and then I'm going to linger in this in this pairing. Maybe in the next couple of episodes, I'll figure out how to just decide the winners. What do I need? Is the top 20 reasonable as an ending? Maybe I'll figure out what I've got left. I've got a few more than 20. I've got, what, 23, 24 films left out of the 36. Maybe I can strike a few. Or maybe I'll we'll just continue with the rambling, the talking. I'll get some guests, some do the next pairings. I don't know. Today, though, extremely loud and incredibly close. It's not my favorite film. I kept it on this bracket because I wanted to talk about it. Because I think it's a good film for what it is. And what it was trying to be. There aren't a lot of 9-11 films that... Well, there's not a lot of 9-11 films. And this one in particular is centered around a child. And as Sandra Bullock in a small part. Tom Hanks in a smaller part as an old man who doesn't talk. And it, it didn't, I don't think it did well. I loved it, but I didn't love it as much as I wanted to because parts of the book that I love were left out. They decided on what they wanted to make and they made it. They only adapt part of the story. They adapt the kid's side. Book is so much more. I Mince mean, Why Everything Is Illuminated is on my list too. They're both based on books by Jonathan Foer, And he has a way of writing that draws me in. I don't think he wrote either screenplay, but the good adaptations is as far as that goes. Well, I guess this one isn't a great adaptation, because they leave out the whole story of the old man and his wife. They leave out so much of the melancholy for a more obvious grief. I've said before in this show, melancholy is one of those things I love in films. So many of these things that made it high in my bracket are full of melancholy and drama. Characters struggling through the worst things. Finding different ways to cope. The film version of Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close is about this. I don't think they even call him autistic in the film, but this autistic kid who goes on a quest. His way of dealing with the loss of his father is to go on a quest. It's a sort of fantasy. Magical realism, but not that magical. Except that the film is hopeful and cheerful and nice. Which is what they wanted to make. Obviously. Since they chose to leave out the old man, me and his wife in their nothing places. I could explain. I could read from the book, but weirdly, as a coach of a speech team, I actually cut a duo interpretation from the book, relying almost entirely on the old man and the old woman and their stories. It was performed by Ann Hoy and Sammy Brandon, who I believe took this to nationals. And thanks to Anne, she's got it on YouTube. So I hope the audio is good. Extremely loud and incredibly close.
2: A childhood friend reappeared at the moment oh, I most him. I had been in America for only two months.
3: I was in a bakery in New York, and after years of not seeing Anna's sister, by chance, she just walked in.
2: I had not seen him since he lost Sam. I tried to make him recognize me. It didn't work. Thomas? No. You are from, from dress I don't even know what that is. I... His hands felt rough from all those years of sculpting. He could not hide who he was now. Did you become a sculptor like you dreamed? Are you okay?
3: Are you okay? It's
2: a very complicated it's question. It's
3: a very simple answer.
2: He talked for hours, just kept repeating the same things over and over. Have a cups tea. The day emptied. As four makes the meeters.
3: It's very nice seeing you again, too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Don't
3: you see? She reminded me too much of Anna. And we didn't know how to do anything else.
2: And um, the so next day, we were married.
3: According to Melanie Bini, gratitude. It's the richness of life It turns everything that we have into something And more It turns a house into a home A stranger into a friend The following piece examines what happens When a couple cannot find holes in their lives One is caught in the past The other clinging to a
2: hope that doesn't
3: exist In turn, the author argues that Familiarity alone is not enough To fill in the holes that denial creates Extremely
2: loud and incredibly close
3: Jonathan's second I'm sinking about ten now Every that could have been should have been. I
2: felt so deeply for this person I had not seen in so long. I remember
3: when we first met. I thought that we could run to each other. We were happy.
2: I could tell when he wasn't thinking of me.
3: But she and I never talk about the past. That's the rule we practically lived off. It was, for example, I would open the door for her, but I would never touch her back. She been through. She would never ask me how my day was, I would never butcher a cook. We always ate on the same side of the table, facing the window.
2: No children. That was our first rule. No
3: children. About a months or two into our marriage, we started marking our fairies in the apartments as nothing, places in which one could be assured of complete privacy.
2: One could temporarily cease to exist. The
3: first was in our bedroom by the wooden tent.
2: It was a rule that you never would look at that rectangle of space.
3: It didn't exist. Then
2: something. A key, a pen,
3: a poppy watch. was
2: accidentally left in a nesting place. It never could be retrieved. On our
3: second anniversary, we marked off the entire guest room as a nesting place.
2: Our marriage was not unhappy. We
3: were trying desperately.
2: We had to make rules, but today, there's nothing wrong with compromise. To make
3: life effortless, but you see, in the morning, the nothing base would cast as something shadowed, like a memory of someone you've lost.
2: Even if you compromise almost everything.
3: She had not sculpted anything since coming to America, but we decided that we would make arrangements for the following day.
2: His attention filled the hole in the middle of me, and after only a few sessions it became clear that he was not sculpting me, he was sculpting her. The longer he he and I lived together, the less was said, the more misunderstood.
3: There came a point about... A year or two, whenever her apartment was well, nothing, isn't something. She finds things to keep herself busy while like, I undress at night, that's another rule. But, but when she gets undressed, I've never been so busy in my life. I'd often remember in a place as nothing. When she agreed, she was sure it was something. So? I started to undress right in front of her.
2: what are you
3: doing? I thought it was nothing. It's something. After that who sat making love in us in places and turned the lights off. Her. It felt like calm. It always had to be from behind, and I knew he wasn't thinking of me. She's at home right now, writing a life story, unaware of the chapters to come. It was my suggestion, and I thought it was a good one. I thought that maybe if she could express herself rather than suffering, a sofa. I pulled my own typewriter from the closet and I set her up in the guest room with everything she would need paper, ink, a card table for a desk. But it's a nothing place. But better place to write your life story, right?
2: I've never used one of these
3: before. It's very simple. Just, just press the keys. Ding. I heard from behind the door. The sounds of creation, the letters being pressed onto the pages, the pages being pulled from the machine. I understood the exhilaration of sculpting the bits and pieces from your past. It was beautiful. But then, one moment.
2: I'd like to show you something.
3: Two stacks of paper about the same height.
2: My life. I just made it up to the present moment just now. The last thing I wrote was, I'm going to show him what I've written. I hope he loves it.
3: I picked up the pages and parted through them, trying desperately to find out whether she was born, her first love, when she last saw her parents. But there was nothing.
2: You think it's too much? It's not too vain? There was nothing about it mean everything to you?
3: It's fun. See, when morning I woke, I understood the hole in the middle of me. The I tried to hide paper. it from him. I shut, set objects like on my lap, and, and I knew something was wrong. in but places, but I could not keep it a secret forever.
2: And then she told me. I'm pregnant.
3: <laughs> Happy that it happened?
2: I made it happen.
3: We had a room.
2: Oh,
3: no children. So
2: you're going to be happy.
3: Look, I didn't want to have children with you. Do not Anna. Okay, look, everything will be okay. So
2: it's okay with
3: Everything will be perfect. Everything like. will be fine. That was our last night together.
2: Felt like making love.
3: And then the inevitable question arose. But are we? It was something we must be. But I knew in the most protected part of my heart was the truth. I'm leaving her today. To me this morning.
2: Tell me what do you think.
3: Look, I can't read it now. I'll read it on my own time, slowly, be careful. Look, I have to get one.
2: He lifted his suitcase and it looked heavy.
3: Promise me you'll take care.
2: That was how I knew he was leaving.
3: I may not be back before you fall asleep.
2: you And fall asleep without
3: you. See, it's a shame that we have to live. It's a tragedy that we only get one life to live, because if I would have had two lives, I would have stayed in the apartment with her and held her on the bed. He walked to the threshold together. She, she stopped, and I kept going.
0: Extremely loud and incredibly close. It's not going to win. The film won't. Had they made a proper adaptation, maybe it would be sticking around. But over *Stand by Me*, I don't know. Because as I said, I still got more to say about *Stand by Me*. I won't pronounce the winner yet. Cut. Thank you for listening. This has been
1: Cock and Bull Movie Talk. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter or Facebook at Bull Minute or check LemonDrops.com for links. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a uh, Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward.
0: The uh it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny.
1: It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Shut up! Shut the fuck! You're all right to take me Shut up! Will you shut up! Shut up! Shut! 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 up. You're still here? Shut up! Now! It's over. Go home. No.